it is Adam, and we had the opportunity to talk to Paul Mullen of the band Losers over Zoom video. Paul talks about being born and raised in Northern England and how he got into music. He started playing piano at a very early age. Santa Claus brought him his first Casio keyboard, and uh, his parents ended up getting him this organ, this old organ from a music shop by his house. And that's really where he learned how to structure a song was from that organ. He talked about picking up guitar for the first time. He's a lefty, so he either had to string the guitar upside down or play it kind of backwards. And it took him a while to really <laughs> figure out the lefty guitar. But he talks to us about that. Going to college and uh, joining his first band that really got successful. Your code name is Milo. He talked about that, getting signed and doing their first tours. Eventually, the band went on a hiatus. He talked about joining the Automatic, uh, later joined up with the Guys and Losers, and that band formed around 2011. He tells us about landing in Los Angeles around February 2020, and then he's been in Southern California ever since, kind of got stuck during the, the lockdown. But he's still been able to write music, release music. The Losers have a new EP out called EP1, and thought is to release a new song every six weeks and kind of give it some time to breathe and uh, they've got a bunch of songs coming down he said maybe up to four eps and then doing a little package together and making a cool little vinyl release so look forward to that and each song has a very in-depth video that goes along with it you can watch the interview with paul on our facebook page and youtube channel at bringing it backwards we'd love it if you subscribe to our channel like us on facebook and follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Losers. This podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, Losers, obviously, and the new EP you have. Mm-hmm. Cool? Yeah, great. Awesome. <laughs> Do you mind touching on uh, the other projects you've been in at all? I mean, I know it's part of your story. Okay. Yeah, cool. absolutely fine, yeah. Awesome. Well, first off, why don't you talk to me about where were you born and raised? You said you're in America now, right? Yes, currently in a, in, a, in LA. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. So, uh, but I was uh, from the northeast of England originally. Um, Sunderland. I was born in Sunderland back in 1980 or something. And uh, <laughs> I, but yeah, Sunderland's my home hometown. Football team, soccer team. We're terrible, but I love them. Um, and I was sort of cut my teeth in music in Newcastle and then I went to Cardiff for a bit then I was in London technically I'm, in, I'm meant to be in Berlin now but I sort of got stuck in America during the pandemic so I'm still here. oh wow <laughs> okay right yeah. on well uh mm-hmm. was what was it like growing up like I mean were you in um were you I mean were you born and raised were you there for a while yeah I guess uh so I went to uh all the way up to you second year of university which i think was about 21 that became an art school dropout um but yeah yeah grew up yeah went to school and, and all that in the northeast of england and university i went to northumbria university in newcastle i was studying fine arts sculpture for a couple of years and then then my first band sort of took off so i went off and now i'm in america i had planned on going back to finish my degree but it never quite worked out that way okay <laughs> <You know? laughs> Very cool. Um, well, what was the first instrument you learned? Uh, it was actually keyboards. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe the pots and pans that I used to get out of my, my parents' closet and just play the drums. So possibly a bit of percussion. Uh-huh. They said when I was a kid, I used to arrange the different 
pans and as a drum kit and I would play about. So I was always kind of a bit musical, I think. And uh, but yeah, Santa Claus got me a little Casio keyboard. Cool. You know, and um and uh early age I just started playing about with it. And there was a TV show in the UK called EastEnders, which is a long running soap opera sort of thing. I don't know what it's comparable to. It's still going. I I've never watched it, but my mum used to watch it. There's a theme tune from that. Uh and I just started playing it. And my mum was like, oh, how are you doing that, Paul? Oh, just, just hearing it and I'm just playing it. She was wow. like, because hmm. they, they, they love music, but both my parents and they still do. And I was surrounded by music all the time, you know, being played, but not, they didn't play any instruments. So, uh-huh. um, and then to my memory, the next step was in the, in the local shopping center, shopping mall in, in Washington. Uh, there was a, an organ center, you know, like a, kind of two-tier bass pedals, volume uh-huh. pedals. You've got your your, um, your beat bank and all the different sounds. So I got, they got me one of them because it was just like, well, let's try it out. Wow. Uh, and it was, it was kind of one of the best instruments I could have started my musical journey on because I instantly had a rhythm section on my right hand. I had the melody on my, sorry, left hand, and the melody mm-hmm. on, my, on my right hand. I had the bass pedals. I could basically, I had a whole orchestra. I, I, I could see how a song was put together. So it wasn't just a flat thing with the piano. You know, obviously you get the bass and the high end, but this was like, for my mind, it was good because I had rhythm, melody, bass pedals on the floor. I had a volume controller. I had loads of different sounds to play with. I mean, it was kind of a cheap thing, It was, but it's great. And I instantly knew how a song, at a very early age, how a song was kind of constructed and what worked wow. best and how to blend in things. And they, they just, it was just the store that was kind of closest to to us and they were like okay let's let's get one of these and uh, yeah i really thank them for that <laughs> sure uh, wow mm-hmm. how long how long were you did you play that for or do you still play oh, piano? i wish i still had that we i took it to this yeah i, I play a bit i mean i if I, I kind of play everything if i get a chance to um sure. so it, yeah but i don't have the organ i wish i had it still we used it on um on a, on, a, on on a, a bunch of the Milo stuff, just we had it in the studio. And, um, but yeah, I think we got rid of it because it was just sitting in the in my parents' place. And okay, you know, it's a big thing, so <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> probably going to a good home. I got my use out of it for sure, and it needed to go somewhere else so they, so someone else could learn and and have fun with it. You know, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. So you played that through what through high school and through through school. When did yeah, you play? So- when did you start like writing songs? You said pretty early on. I think so. Yeah, I just started. To, I was kind of self-taught a bit. I, I, so from that, I ended up just picking up a guitar. My cousin was was playing a bit, and so I just um, being left-handed as well. I I just found it easy just to kind of try and figure stuff out myself, or sometimes I'd play upside down because there was always a right-handed guitar uh-huh. um, available at someone's place. So there was that. So that started quite early on. So I guess I was playing like keyboards, organ until around 14, 13 or 14, maybe. And, but in between that, yeah, maybe, maybe about 13, I started to pick up a guitar. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I played clarinet a bit at, at school as well. There was lessons for, for that. So I did a bit of that, which is kind of fun when you learn to play something like that because it's, it's not the nicest sound when you mess up a couple of the right. That's funny that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I put, you know. that was the instrument I picked up when I was in fifth grade. I never kept going uh-huh. with it, but um, you know, you have the orchestra class, they let you pick between that or a saxophone or flute or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the kid, I knew a kid in the grade higher than me. And it was like, you'd go in in fourth grade and kind of see the instruments to see if you found something you want to play. And he mm-hmm. stuck his whole mouth over the mouthpiece and just blew into it and it made the most obnoxious sound. I was like, that yeah. is the instrument that's, I want to learn how to that's play. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah. A high, kind of a hassle. I had the reed and all that stuff. Had it, you know, you had to oh, yeah. get with. But your, cheek, your cheeks would be just like so sore afterwards. Just keeping it, got to keep it like this. Blow like this yeah. doesn't feel natural. <laughs> I'm having, are we having fun? I'm not sure. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you get one note out of it, and you're like, yeah, all right, let's call it a day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's funny. So you picked up a guitar. I mean, playing as a lefty, you said there, mm. you you probably had to go obviously go out and buy yourself a guitar because everyone else was probably playing a righty guitar. Yeah, and well, it, I oh, just re, been restrung, you know, upside down. So just um, my dad's friend had a, an old like encore kind of crappy guitar thing but restrung it there wasn't too many knobs and buttons on the side where it would normally be on the bottom so i couldn't bash it with my my left, oh, left hand sure. left arm. i mean i've tried that with jaguar guitars and I've, they look great but there's just too many knobs and switches to hit when you're playing and it just goes <laughs> all to pot so um so yeah so i i actually i i yeah learned learned straight off left-handed and i tried after a while because to go, to go right-handed, restring everything back to right-handed, I guess, because, you know, you go to a music shop and you can... I was in Guitar Center yesterday in, 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 on Sunset and it's like 1%, 2% of the guitars I can actually right. look you at, pick by, up, you know? Right? There's nothing. Yeah. yeah. So there was that, but, you know, um, and I just I just couldn't get it. I, I couldn't get the, uh, the changeover from the rhythm and, you know, so right-handed here, it actually made sense for me, I think, from starting to play piano and play keyboards first, that the left hand is the rhythm hand, mm-hmm. and then the m- melodic hand is the right hand. So if you just transfer that to left-handed guitar, this is rhythm and this is melody. So it was just, it kind of made sense, sense to me anyway. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, the Chris Rowe from the Ataris, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to see them uh, play. He plays le- he plays lefty, but I think he learned so much. I've never asked him, but I think he've learned he he learned on a righty guitar the same way. So mm-hmm. he plays, I think he plays on an upside down righty guitar still. Like so, when he makes a power chord, he's kind of like, yeah, upside down. Yeah, upside down. Uh-huh. yeah, but it's interesting to watch him play because it's like his brain had to probably just totally. I'm sure he couldn't show anyone how to play guitar, I'm sure, because it would just be so no, confusing. No. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just great. But it, but the good thing about playing upside down as well is you do get these interesting shapes and I like to have some open tunings as well. So you can, yeah, you, you and finger picking as well, getting a bit more of acoustic stuff. I've been out in the desert for a year now, so I figured it'd be a nice time to pick up an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Surrounded by Joshua trees and trying to do stuff. So I've been doing a bit of that. So finger picking is really interesting upside down. Because you mm-hmm. get these weird shifts in where the bass note would probably normally be on your thumb is mm-hmm. actually on your your little finger or your or your, your you know wedding ring or whatever you call it wedding finger. So it just shifts it a bit. It sounds unusual, and I like that. I like anything that's yeah, unusual. You can you know? come up with some pretty cool notes, I'm sure, in chords mm-hmm. that you wouldn't, other than you know knowing exactly. how to do it that way. It'd be like, oh, this sounds exactly. pretty rad and weird. But yeah, 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 that's uh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. So you. Learn guitar. You're learning guitar. When did you start your first band? Were you at art school at this point? No, it would have been at um, secondary school still. Okay. Um, so I would have been maybe 15, 16. 
and we were doing a bunch of covers, you know, I think like the bass player obviously was into Red Hot Chili Peppers, so I know we did a bunch of them because <laughs> got to it's got to slap that bass, you know, sure. <laughs> when you're 16. <laughs> so all you want to do. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I haven't had to experience much of that since, but um, <laughs> Chili Peppers are good, but just too too much slapping the bass. It's not my it's not my. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so 6, 16, 15, 16, you know, just doing a bunch of covers. I was the left, obviously left-handed, so Nirvana was a, a huge influence. So we would, you know, we'd try and do, I was very much influenced in the American side of music, you know, mm-hmm. got into Pearl, like Pearl Jam and, yeah, obviously Nirvana and the Sonic Youth. Um, so, yeah, and then just started playing the local arts centre in Washington, Um managed to get into his studio quite early on and just, yeah, just, and then but started writing original, like original material, like pretty much from the start as well. Wow. Okay. That, um, uh, and actually fell into the role of being a singer because I didn't want to be, I didn't, I just, I was, I was going to be the singer until we got a singer, you know? Oh, okay. It's kind of a and placeholder that ended up yeah, being okay. full time thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll sing now just until we get like a proper singer in so we can, you know, then I can just keep playing guitar, or whatever. But then it, we just never got a singer, and then I've just been doing it for the Ever rest of my life. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to you go to art school for music, or do you go for a, a fine art? Fine, yeah. Well, I I always I always felt like I didn't want to kind of study music in a way. I didn't want to know too much about it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just like explore it on my own terms i think and I, I want i did i also wanted it to be a hobby i wanted to to love it so i thought then for some reason in my mind it's studying it would make it more of a job and might like you know it would put it in a different yeah. bracket I, I always wanted it to be kind of magical and right. know, mystical in a way and just sort of like this total world of discovery and obviously that you'd be like well paulie should have just studied it and then you would have found out i'm like yeah but <laughs> you know <laughs> no, but i i see that because it, it's like you didn't want to make like you said make it a job and then you're like uh, i don't really even want to play this thing anymore because i'm just so sick of it like it, it almost yeah, you like just, you, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're constantly in that world and it's it's i mean so I, and i love doing art I, I i i love making pieces and painting and whatever so i just thought okay no i'll, I'll go this route and i'll i'll always have the music and i can kind of keep that on the side and enjoy that as like a, a, a spare, spare thing or whatever. Um, but then the, 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 the band I, the band I joined, uh, your code name is Milo. We sort of started to take, started to take off. We got really busy. We got signed, we were doing sessions and the art thing was then put on and then the music became a job and you know, it, it was, um, still discovering about music, I guess, to this day, I suppose everyone does, but, uh, yeah, I always, I always wondered if I should have just gone to, straight down the music route, you know, and, and, and really gone all, all armbands off in the deep end. But I don't know. It seems to be okay so far. Yeah, it looks like it worked out. <laughs> so your codename is Milo started at, when you're in school, or you did you join their band? Like how did how did that band form? They, they were uh, they were like a four piece instrumental kind of post rock um, bands, and I I I knew the bass player. And, I knew a bass player, drummer, and guitarist from rehearsing in this in, in the same area. So and played a bunch of gigs and whatever. But um, yeah, I met them at, a, at it was a, at, was it Soul Wax? Too too many DJs and Felix the Housecat were playing uh, in Newcastle. Oh wow! We had a couple of drinks. Yeah, it was a great night. They did it. Yeah, the, the setup was amazing. 
But I saw Adam and Ross from Milo there, and they were like, "Look, we've got this. We've got this band together. I think we should come down and sing." So okay, I'll come in. And I didn't. Really, I got some demos. They were super, super scratchy. And I went in. Then I met Justin for the first time. He shoved a microphone in front of my face and went, "He's from Dark." He's like, "Hey, sing, sing on that, sing on that." I'm like, "Well, okay, right." Sang on it. Just like, okay, well, I, I thought we we're just going to go through a bunch, but I'm recording now. Great. Sent it oh, off. Oh wow. And, uh, yeah, within the on the first session, and then we got um, from that we got a John Peel session, which is like a BBC. You know, he was yeah. the kind of he Taste from, maker from type. Yeah, I mean, so it was like, what? Okay, we hadn't even played a, sh- a show yet, but uh, from those demos, it just kind of got involved. And I picked up a guitar. I was just singing in that band as well to start with, and then we uh. And then, yeah, the John Peel session, we did a bunch of shows. We um a bunch of management sniffing about and labels. And yeah, it just, it all happened so fast, really. Um, and that was, yeah, from, I guess, 2003 to 2007 or 2008. Wow. Yeah. And I love the sound there. of that band. I, I love the sound of your, that band. Um, oh, cool. Thanks. I mean, yeah. it has that, like... I, Cave-In is, like, one of my favorite bands, and it reminds me of Cave-In a little right. bit. Um, mm-hmm. and then like at the drive-in, just kind of like that, not to compare you, but like, it just gives mm-hmm. me that same feeling when I listen to it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Great. That's, I mean, at the track, that's, a, that's, that's huge. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, so the, so then back in 2000 and, and recent, well, not so recent, but in Berlin and that energy, yeah, they were fantastic. And I think the good things about those, those bands is like, they, those, those records still like relationship of command by at the drive-in still stands up as like a just a, a unique sounding record you know uh-huh. <clears throat> and it's like still stands up 20, 20 years later 21 years later or something when was that 2000 yeah oh. 2000 2001. and that was like not even that was when they i think that was their major label record right or didn't they get mm-hmm. some major label on that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, like, and then jupiter is the the album cave that i love i mean that album is so awesome yeah yeah great What's the perfect pitch black 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 or something? Oh, there's the, another one. Oh, oh antenna black. is a good one. Oh, which one antenna are you talking is about? Good. Uh, there's a one later later on. Um, let me it, look it up now. I know per, I want to know. Perfect dark perfect. Pitch oh, black perfect pitch black. Okay, yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah, right, yeah. Right, I was getting it right. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was had a great tune. I got into them like I got after the Milo thing because people were like, "Oh, you sound like such and such and sound like this and." Oh really? Snakes. So you yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hot Snakes is from San Diego. That's where I'm originally yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. One of my favorite bands now, but they're like, oh, there's but moments you sign Hot Snakes. Like, oh, 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 They were actually the last band I saw live in Berlin before I came out to America. Really? Year, so yeah, I love that band so much. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, yeah, San Diego guys. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it that the, the driving that so and I think that's what we did with, with Milo. I mean, the first thing was with Albini and then the the, 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 the first mid, the first album was with Flood. And we just got into the studio and we yeah, we just created a nice kind of I hope unique sound that I, I still love that record to this day, you know. I, I still think it kind of stands up. It has its it has some nice moments. So Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally does. Mm-hmm. So you did that for what, about four years or so and then well, Five years, I think. Yeah, five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. is that when you left to do automatic or like, t- or, or just kind of did? Well, like, we, you didn't want on like a hiatus or something there? Yeah, we just felt it was time. We, we released, um, they came from the CERN and, you know, did mm-hmm. a tour. And it just felt like it was, you know, it was time just to like put it on a break for a bit, just, you know, 
we've been doing it for five years and it's, it's you know living out of each other's pockets kind of tough you know it's it, i mean i had the most amazing time but we just felt it was it was right to like just take a bit take a breather you know take take stock and um and then so the automatic thing happens kind of a few months after that really there was no real plan mm-hmm. uh, from my end I, I just wanted to have a bit of a break as well mm-hmm. um and then because the automatic had come up to this, our studio in newcastle we did this collaborations record called print is dead with with milo where members of the other bands would come up for a day and we'd write recording mix a song within 10 hours you oh, know wow. which was, knocked about 10 years off my life but it was a lot of fun doing um, <laughs> oh my gosh so, yes and, and the idea was we try and create something just i mean maybe you'll come in with a riff it'd normally come with the guest that would come in mm-hmm. to the studio they say i've got this idea i want to explore with you guys and we'd, then we'd make a band out of the, the musicians that were there we thought well okay for example the field music there was like marimbas and and um, martin greck uh, had the uh, baritone guitar that he just wanted to play loads on and we had Ruben and Automatic came up. Uh, and yeah, so that was the first connection. And we had mutual friends within the industry or whatever. And just got a call saying, do you want to come down and hang with the guys? You know, it went really well with that Printer's Dead collaboration. So, you know, you want to see? And I started started writing with them straight away the first day. And I had a track that was, thought was a Milo track, but it, it, it never really worked out. Did it with mm-hmm. the Automatic. And I was like, oh, this is exactly... I wanted to sound. That's awesome. Right. All yeah. right. And then, and then we sort of kind of did, and I did that for like three or four years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Lu- I mean, Losers, the, the band we should be talking about, or we'll be talking about here in a minute. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you guys have been around for what, about 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. So I didn't realize that you had started that, that, you know, that it's been around you've been doing stuff for that long. I think, tell me how that, mm. how the project got together. Well, it started with Tom and Eddie. Um, it's sort of like a remix DJ uh-huh. project. Tom, Tom had been in a, a really good band from the UK called um, Cooper Temple Claws. Mm-hmm. And they, they stopped um, probably just about a year before my Lord did. Um, it's like 2006 maybe. And I think then uh, Tom and Eddie, Eddie Temple Morris was uh, XFM DJs now at Virgin. And, um, it, they just got together and they just hung out and started doing some remixes. Yeah, for like the likes of Prodigy and they, um, but a bunch of other artists as well. And it just then that, that turned into them just writing some original material and it worked really well. They started to form a band. Um, I joined when I was staying with Tom in his place in North London. I needed a spot because I just I was finishing a record in London, split up with a girlfriend at the time, and was like mm-hmm. needed somewhere to crash. So I had to be in London for another three or four weeks. On the last day of me staying with Tom, we decided to like, oh, we should try and write something. We did that, and it worked super well. It made the next Losers record, and I guess vocaled on a couple of live things, and then we just started writing, writing, writing. And I ended up moving into a stu- into the studio that he had in Manor House, again in North London, and we we spent five years there and. And that would have been in like 2011, I think. Mm-hmm. That sort of came, came involved 11, 2012. Um, and then, yeah. And then we then we moved to Berlin 2015 and just had a studio there. We've just been, we, we kind of 
when we're in the same country, we're in this, we're in the same, we're in the studio all the time. Right. And mm. a really good workflow. So yeah, it's been, we've been bubbling away, I guess, for quite some time. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah. And, um, not only have you been doing that band, but you've always got multiple projects going on. That must be hard to kind of juggle all that. I'd imagine. Uh, I went through a phase where I just said kind of yes to, to everyone that wanted me to do something or just, you know, if, if someone at the band came into the studio that Tom was recording, for example, I would be around helping engineer and setting up whatever. And then I'd end up playing on the, some guitars or just whatever. And, then I joined that band <laughs> and then we do it. And it was great. I, I've, I found uh, it was quite exhausting, but I found it. Um, I found a lot about myself, you know, where I sat in a, in a, in a writer's room or in a, where I sat as a musician or as an artist and how I would pull people in different directions and how I like to be pulled in a different direction myself. And I really enjoy bouncing off uh, different minds and just trying to get, you know, trying to get get whatever vision it is across and, and i love it when it, it, it really comes together you know sometimes it doesn't but it's it's i've really found out who i was a lot more when i was doing all these different things and that's i kind of like to be in that that world as well still so the losers thing i've got young legionnaire which is kind of still active mm-hmm. the milo thing is coming back we oh cool um, we, we're gonna have some shows you know um so yeah and then I'm doing a couple of solo things. I've start, been starting to play some just some open mic nights out in the desert. I'll do some more in LA whilst I'm here. Uh, yeah, so just keeping busy, just you know, spreading myself too thin, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, how did so you you got out to to LA or now you're in Joshua Tree, and um, then the pandemic hit. Like, tell me about where you were when this all happened, because it sounds like you were came out here for something or maybe you know, record yeah. or something and then you got stuck. Yeah. Pr- well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, yeah. So I came out here the 20th of Feb last year and I'd already okay. seen what was happening in Europe and, you know, and, and China and stuff. And it's like, okay. okay. Yeah. Coming from there, did you, I'm sure there, you guys are a bit more aware of what was going on. I mean, I, I just, don't know. It didn't really bl- become national. I don't yeah. feel like news until, maybe the end of february early march mm-hmm. yeah 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 no no it's definitely a thing back in europe as well and i could just see it being a delayed effect of like what's happening like the second wave would happen in U- uk or europe and then it would happen over here mm-hmm. and then it was just so the delta variant you know i saw that was all happening in the uk and it's the, the case is guy and now it's a thing and it just it's a little it's like literally like literally a week or two weeks and then it's like it happens it happens in america you know mm-hmm. but um but yeah so i came over yeah, uh, mid to end February last year, just do like some recording myself, some like, and it was going to be production, uh, pre-production work for another band that I work with out here to go back to Europe to tour. Um, and then obviously that stopped. So we're like, we think, oh, we'll put it back a couple of months to tour, and um, I got set up with a nice little spot in in like Pioneer Town actually, uh, which is right by Joshua Tree, this old mm-hmm. film set town that Roy Rogers built back in 1940 it's crazy place it's great um so yeah just stayed out and the tours got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and um kind of ended up staying you know i mean there's so much space it's beautiful out there uh being back in berlin i would have been in my studio go back in the north i, I was just being very very productive and writing a lot of stuff and getting a lot of stuff done you know and 
and mentally actually really helped me. I don't know whether because of the pandemic was everything was put on pause, so you don't have the fear of missing out, which I always found was a little bit um, tricky being in a vibrant city like Berlin where everything's happening and you sort of kind sure. of lost in it a bit. So when everything became on pause, I just felt like I was in a really good space mentally and I could really take stock and, and focus kind of on myself and on my, you know, what, what made me tick and what, what, what I was, what my goals were and everything like that. And I felt I was in a good, good spot for writing. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. And then just slowly but surely, I'm, I'm kind of getting myself a little bit more settled out here. Um, there's a bunch of stuff in the pipeline and but I'll have to come back for Christmas because my mum and dad will kill me if I don't come back soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did, so, yeah. how did this new record come about? Were you guys writing, a, you know, it sounds like you're in different parts of the world, obviously. Uh, so was this something that you guys had together and recorded prior to the pandemic or were you writing like over Zoom or sending files to each other? How did that work? This, so like I said, like me and Tom were always in the studio just writing. So we had a bunch of tracks that were sort of sitting about some of them on this new EP. Some of them have been around for 10, 12, 10, 12 years. Some of them, you know, wow. the first, the, the start, the, the first demos. Um, <clears throat> so that, and you know, when you're doing a record or an EP, uh, you, you, you kind of, kind of group them as a, as you know, a body of work, you know, they mm-hmm. kind of have to complement each other in a way, but also, you know, tell a story or have a feel like, for example, the, the last losers record, how to ruin other people's futures was very much a, a vibe. <laughs> yeah. And that's a rad a good... album. That's when I first that's heard of it. you guys. That's why I was, I was so shocked mm-hmm. when I found out that you started, you know, in, yeah. in 2011, I was like, Whoa, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that. I thought you, it was, you know, closer to 2016. Yeah. But... Yeah. yeah no, that, so that was, I had that, that was a tough record. And it's quite dark. It's like a, basically a handbook guidebook to how to ruin your, your your life and other people's around you <laughs> so you know some of the some of the tracks that we're doing now didn't quite fit on there even though they were done around the same time or i just had um and it, it just goes through throughout we've got like 25 30 tracks that we've almost completed um and this process so losers since the, uh, the end of january have been releasing a track every six weeks just okay like that. and um and we grouped together as an ep and so ep1 it's EP2, EP3, EP4. Will that come as a double vinyl? Hopefully. We don't know. Let's see. Um, but we're going to keep on doing that until we run out of tracks. And with each track, we're going to do a webinar and go and delve into the, like, the, dive into the studio session, bring up all the old stuff that we had in the pro- progression, looking at the people who mixed the track and have them as a guest talk about it. So really oh, give wow. these... Uh, then we do a cover, or we, oh, sorry, not a cover of it, a kind of a, a deconstruction of, a, of the tracks um just to reimagine them now as a as uh, you know be very playful with them there's a playlist that goes with them that tra- the, you know songs that might have inspired it or you could you know do that too to say thanks for being a great artist sort of thing so we give these tracks six weeks to live and breathe because they never found a spot on a on an album um but it just still doesn't mean that they're not good tracks you know it just didn't work for that sort of feel or, or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it um and we're still working on them it's not like like these have been done years ago and we're just getting them out there for, for for just whatever to get them out it's like we're still it's still in the process of being mixed and there's little fine tunings here and there so it's a work in progress and it's it's been really exciting for us to, to release this way because it's it's just constantly you know you mm-hmm. know sometimes you find when you have a 
you do a couple of singles, you get the album out, you do a tour, and then you're like, right, what's next? Uh, okay. And then, you know, if the album goes well, you do more tours, blah, blah, blah. But um, this is just like a living, breathing thing where, we, where we're changing. There's going to be a video for each track. So we're working with different artists. And we're also working with um, people at Decentraland, which is like blockchain worlds where, you know, uh, we're building a venue where oh, we're going to really? have it. Mm-hmm. So you can get, get in there with your avatar and, you know, look around our studio. Where the idea is to have stems on a desk where you could solo them and you can kind of do your own little mix with it. There's going to be a gallery with, uh, you know, the videos, all videos playing and some of the old stuff that we've been up to. And then, you know, you can, can walk into a venue and then we'll be there in some shape or form uh, playing the either the deconstructed tracks that we've done or a new live set again that we're working on in a digital world so it's it's just like it's it's just stuff happening all the time with it so it's nice to 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 kind of keep the things moving and keep it fresh for us as well um so yeah it's it's been very very enjoyable an enjoyable experience just to get get shit out there and yeah um are you working you must be working with some programmers like how do you even start building this like whole virtual oh, world. I, I haven't got a clue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just an idea that's happening. I'm looking at a computer and it's like, uh, what are you doing, Paul? Should you be here? <laughs> <laughs> Should you get back to your analog world, you dinosaur? I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> no, it, uh, yeah. So we just got friends that, that are working in that, in that world. Yeah. And we've I've got a guy, Ewan, who's been doing a lot of the branding stuff for the, you know, for, for, for the social media, for the social media, it's just social media. That's so much of a dinosaur. The social media. <laughs> the social media. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we've got, it's got some great people working with us and helping us along because yeah, I haven't got a clue about it, but I'm, I like, I like to see things happen. If, if I have a crazy idea and it's like, Oh yeah, we can probably do that. Like, okay, great. Good. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You're the first band I've yet to hear doing something like this. Like mm. that's, super rad yeah it's 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 an interesting world out there again i still don't quite understand it but it's it's we get a lot of a lot of people saying nice things about it so um and it's just it seems to be constantly growing and and anything's possible you know mm-hmm. you know if you want to build a a, a a butterfly that wants to fly off and take people with you and, and then you play a show inside a butterfly in this world you're like all right we'll do it all right really yeah yeah, yeah do it. okay <laughs> Wow. So, so EP yes. one, EP one is out now currently, and then you mm-hmm. you're gonna put a new song out in what's another few weeks, and then so every six weeks you're gonna release a song until the next EP is out, and then you set up to four, yeah. and then that's gonna be a double EP, or you don't know yet. We're just gonna keep going, yeah, keep going, okay, just keep going, and then and then you know, I mean, I I always like to get stuff out on vinyl at some point, so if 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 uh. If, if, if we want to, we could maybe do like a nice little packaging of all the stuff with like all the videos and everything and the and the and the, and the, the, the deconstructed tracks or whatever. Put that all together as a nice little package. It could, could be quite good, you know. So we'll see. It's going to be a lot of artwork and a lot of webinars that are, that are available on YouTube now. You just go to our page and they're all there, so you can. They're about an hour long, and uh, we just talk sometimes about the track sometimes about life sometimes you know but you know there's a pro tool session up there so it looks kind of like we actually know what we're doing that's cool um, 
And you're doing yeah. one for every song? Every song, yeah. Mm -hmm. When's the next one supposed to come out? Have you put it together yet? Uh, I, we have a new track coming out this week, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's normally the track. Then there's a, it depends on how the process of the other things are going, when if people's availability as well, if we want to have a guest. So with it, normally it's within the, the release of the, the audio we'll have like the next week would be the video then we'll do like a webinar and then maybe there'll be like a, a live version of some sort that's over the four week period. Um, so yeah, but that could kind of chop and change as to how we feel. And, and again, if people's availability, mm -hmm. if the live version's ready, all that sort of stuff, you know, sure. uh -huh. awesome. but uh, well, I, I think we, we do like a mailing list every, every month uh, just to people to give people like an update on what's, what's going on and, then I can check it as well. So I know what's going on. <laughs> You're on the mailing list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's get, what I'm supposed get, to be doing yeah. in two weeks. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Well, Paul, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I have nice one more question for you. I want to know mm -hmm. if you have uh, any advice for aspiring artists. Um, I would say just make mistakes be, be 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 okay with it you know try something out it doesn't work it's fine you learn from it uh be yes and then just be yourself don't don't be don't be don't be afraid of that don't try and be anyone else just do what feels right for you and if it's coming from you then and if people get on board then it's totally genuine and it's totally honest and if people are on into it they're gonna love it and there's gonna be no questions asked so um and just people will see that of a genuine and, and if people don't get it, that's fine as well. It's still you. You're awesome. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs>